Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. Every single one of you named Buddy. Hello, everybody. This show is for you, bud. Yeah. Welcome to another exciting episode of The Two Half Squads. Episode 293. It is March 30, 2031. March 31st. <laughs> yeah, 2022. I almost said 2016. Did you really? Well, I was doing stuff on mom's taxes. That's when these trust was established, 2016. Ah. Talking about it for an hour with my tax man and emailing and my lawyer. That's how much you said you were going to give me today, too. Mm-hmm. Your friend, $2,016. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll move it into your Zelle account. Yes. That'd be great. Yeah, this is the only podcast dedicated 100% to the greatest game in the world, Advanced Squad Leader. I'm Dave. I'm Jeff. And we are your hosts. Once again, the hosts with the mosts. And as far as we know, this is, you know, there might be a private, like an inside underground ASL podcast. But if there is, we don't know about it. And well, and that came up in the letters, I think. We had mentioned on the last show that we were the only one and he yeah. said what are you talking about there's all are you guys joking well, i don't know if i put that in our letters but yeah it, i don't know we can skip it now <laughs> because i think he was talking about youtubes yes lots of yeah. youtube production yes lots of youtube lots of re- some really good stuff i enjoy watching that stuff derek ritter's got some stuff going on and uh the asl archive guys and yeah good stuff and I think we'll be moving on interviewing as we've talked about for years because uh, those people who run the blogs and the some of the YouTubers, we've done several, but um, because we're running out of actual ASL bigwigs, possibility Rex Martin will be on. If anyone has a question you'd like us to ask him, Gmail it to us quick. Yeah, really quick. Yeah, we got some good stuff. Lots of good shows coming up. I don't know. Are we running out of ASLers? Yeah. <laughs> you did I mean, John the legend. Hill. You did. The legend. You did. Yeah. All, I, I mean. The legends. I'm going to make. There's I'm a few make, legends left. There are a few left you can't get a hold that won't be on the show maybe like. Rip. Tell you what, if you're an ASL legend and you're listening to this. Hey. Give us a call. We want yeah. to hear from you. Right. Even if you're a legend in your own mind. That's fine. Yeah. We'll, we'll make up for it. You look, you sound a lot bigger on uh, podcasts than you do in real life. So don't worry about it. It's absolutely true. So we had, uh, what's new with you, Dave? We had uh, um, St. Patrick's Day recently, which was, did you do anything for St. Patrick's Day? I uh, just ate that um, Irish skillet with you at breakfast two weeks in a oh, row. Corned beef, the corned beef skillet, yeah. That was it. I went to see my uh, my cardiologist. I don't know if you oh. know my cardiologist, Angie. She's Irish. My cardiologist, Angie O'Graham. Not Big Angie's, the restaurant there we oh. were going to go to for lunch. No, her name is Angie O'Graham. <laughs> I'm a little slow. <laughs> Always enjoy seeing her. Uh. And more importantly... She sees me. So did you really go to the doctor? No, I didn't. I haven't been to the doctor for a while. But your health is good so far. Yeah, everything's going good. Everything's going good. The doctor said to me, keep doing what you're doing. So I need to figure out what I've been doing. I can't remember. I drink so much. I can't remember what I've been doing. Yeah, you don't drink anymore. No, I don't. And your memory is still bad. Yes. Yes, it is. Yeah, I was wondering, uh, Dave and I, well, Dave gets a kick out of it. I'm embarrassed by it, but I'm already starting to repeat things at breakfast. When we go to breakfast once a week with Mike Rizzi and uh, Mike Lemke and Dave and I. And I, I, did, do I repeat, did I repeat myself this morning with anything? As a joke, you did. As a joke, yeah, but I, anything else? No. Okay, good. All right. But do you notice too, when I start a story like, oh, like when Laura was shopping and she, and you all look at me and you start shaking your head. Yes. Like, yes, we, we remember this one, Dave. 
Yeah, when we can fill in, the, fill in the sentences, finish the sentences yeah. for you, that's an indicator right there. Yeah, but the audience hasn't heard it. My wife was shopping once. She was so fr frazzled with the kids that she was getting to the car and ready to load the groceries in the trunk. You know, you kids, calm down, you know. And then she looked in the cart and they were, they were not bagged. And she was wondering, why didn't the guy bag these? And she remembered that she never checked out. She just was so frazzled. She just, all right, we're going to be going. So and went right out, stole the groceries. She went back in and made and paid for them. She's a good girl. Yes. That's good. I wonder how about, I wonder if stuff gets stolen at the gaming conventions. You know, we used to go to Gen Con. There's zillions of people. Do you think a thing gets stolen? Or does it just seem like all gamers are honest, loving, caring, socially responsible. I tend to think so. Yeah. I don't know why I think so. So if you're, if you're a gamer and you are not responsible and if you like to steal stuff, let us know. We'd like to hear from you. We're doing a, we'll do a special episode. So some guy will zoom in and he'll have all the big artwork he stole from Gen Con. Yeah. From all the different artists. Yeah. yeah. I cut this one out of the frame. And I'll see, I can't, I cannot come up with one artist's name. Uh, Parkinson. Um, uh, oh, Jeff Easley. Um, oh, I used to rattle these off, Jeff. But yeah, I cut, I cut it out of the frame and rolled it up, stuck it down yeah. my pant leg. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was free. I thought it was for me. So, any games lately for you? Uh, I, I've actually been on a hiatus because I had a, a very big project at work, which uh, I have just now finished. So I can, I'm ready to get back into gaming. So I got a few things in the pipeline, but nothing active right now. How about you? Uh, did, uh, the Dave, I'm, I'm doing with Dave Timmon and I think we talked about it last show and I showed it with the, yes, right. we, we hadn't been together for a while. So, uh, close to finishing, he killed the bugler up on the hill. Oh, the British bugler that was raising everyone to fanatic status and came in the back door. I have to exit to also or hold these hills and I'm not holding these hills against it's the Chinese. We were talking about the improvised yeah. person. Oh, man. Come on. <laughs> um, platoon. There we go. In infantry platoon movement. IPM. Yes. A new acronym, as if you didn't have enough with the best yeah. squad leader. Yeah. You get a new acronym. Um, so anyway, he's, he came in the back and killed my 9-Neg-2 and the heavy machine gun. He could enter concealed and then advance in. So I was never should have set up that close to the edge. Uh, yeah. So there's a tip for you gamers. The scenario. Or you, or you, uh, you actual, your actual uh, tactical leaders in the armed yeah. forces if you're listening because a lot yeah. of them listen to the show to get tips don't yeah. set up your men too close to the edge <laughs> which could be like um, uh, i don't know is that exist in real life scenario 217 gloucester hill and then uh gonna break out a song of blades and heroes for some miniature fantasy gaming which i was you know did i have did i make measuring I wonder, number, and then of course I did. I made these nice little measuring sticks. Those are like or, uneven chopsticks. Is that for the, like eating this around is, corners? They have a short movement. If you're a short, like a maybe a goblin running, you would only move oh, this distance. Oh, okay. If you get a double move, you get the yellow and the. So it's pretty handy, huh? And then if you're a larger creature, you can move this size here medium and they're still a large but and then it works as ranges for the spells and everything so you just have these sticks and that's a great way to do it without measuring inches and having everything be different you either have a short medium or lar long range thing i don't know dave you know with the, the uh, climate in the world and all that's going on i don't think you want to have a bunch of guys in your basement with sticks dangerous you're just asking for trouble why 
Well, they'd be whacking each other or whacking you. These are little, little sticks. Going home. You could put an eye out. You know, you're having fun. And then somebody put your eye put out. How about make fun of the guy's wife? How about this move? No, up the nose. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Right through the brain with the stick. (laughs) Yeah. So to be careful, be careful with that. Am I invited to that group? Yeah. Okay. Tomorrow or Saturday. If you have my $2,016, I'll be there. 15. So shall we get on with the show? Sure. Would you like to do rules or letters first? Let's start with letters. means it's time for letters that's right letters boys and girls we have wonderful letters some happy letters some sad letters we have some angry letters too we have all kinds of letters just for you we would have a lot fewer letters if people didn't write us so thank you (laughs) thank you Thank you for writing. I know someone complained about letters many, many years ago, but we don't get that many. So that's why it's only like twice a year, I think. I have I would like first, Jeff, to thank Jeff Taylor, Brian Sinclair, Rudel, Tactique, Tom B. Oh, Tactique. I get it. That's like his handle. Erms, Chris Squeechy, Stawadel, Geert Stamen for subscribing to us on YouTube. All of those people since the last time we did letters. Thank you all. Very, very special people. They're special. What about Lou? Did Lou Tenet uh, subscribe? Big Lou? Lou Tenet. <laughs> I was going to say Big Lou. He's on meds too. Do you ever hear that, Ed? No. Oh, yeah. I have heard that, Ed. <laughs> Do you have a letter? I have a letter from uh, Tim Smith who says, uh, now Tim Smith wrote to us because he tried to download the Spilky charts and that link is broken. I got to figure out how to get that fixed. So I sent him a fresh link and he wrote back and he said, thank you very much. I think he means for the charts because those are great charts. If you mm-hmm. don't have the Spilky charts, go to the two half squads and download them from there. Anyway, he says, I just started listening to the podcast listened to the first one, uh, sorry, the last one, and then started back at number one. I'm really enjoying it. Played ward games since the 70s and played squad leader and its gamettes for years. When ASL came out, I got the whole setup, rules, binder, beyond valor, and then was too intimidated and never played it. Lost it somewhere, and now with MMP republishing and all the support available, I'm starting again. I just ordered my starter kit one. Thanks for supporting the game and its players. Well, thanks, well, Tim. And you're very welcome. Yeah, happy to do it. Thanks, somebody out there <laughs> finds yeah. it supportive. Welcome back to the fold. Yeah, welcome back. And if you know, obviously, you want to get some core products, and from MMP, and you could uh, then you might want to head on over to Bounding Fire Productions. I'm going to try to sneak them in a little more often and pick up some really great extras. Nice big couple of their newer modules are Corrigador. The Rock. And Operation Operation. Neptune. Yep, Mike and I are still playing through Blood and Jungle. You get enough there to keep you entertained for years. Yeah, a long time. That shouldn't stop you from buying more stuff, though. Not at all. Joe Okapayashki points out that the hero from our show about heroic modifiers and heroes, the hero allowed to fire, heroes are allowed to fire the AAMGs on AFE. That rule emulates Audie Murphy, and that is a historical fact. He did jump up, you know. He really did that, huh? Yep. Audie Murphy. Jumped I don't think up I've ever seen thing. an Audie Murphy movie. I wonder if I'm missing anything. 
I haven't either, actually. So we we probably are, but yeah. Uh, Jackson Kwan wrote us and he said, absolutely wonderful interview with Joel. He's referring to uh, episode 288, or I, I'm sorry, I said Joel, Joe. He's referring to episode 288, where uh, we interviewed Joe Leochi of the Albany group and tournament. Uh, Jackson says, I dropped into Albany in 2014 as a total newbie, completely out of the blue, and he made me feel so welcome that it really impacted how I feel about the global ASL community. That's quite an endorsement. Indeed. Thanks, Joe, for being so friendly and all. Yeah. To everybody, it's a good community. Yeah, it is. There's only one or two real dopes. Besides me, you mean? I'll name them. Wait a minute. I'll name them. Hold on. Let me turn off my microphone and cover my mouth. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that that's a lot of them, Jeff. I'm just getting started here. I've actually, I've been compiling a list. No, I'm kidding. No, really hard to find anybody like that. Well, Facebook Bill or FB Bill, I don't know that it means Facebook, sorry, Bill, says, great episode. I had a good fortune of being able to attend the New York State Championships in Albany last seven years that it was held face-to-face. And over that time, I've gotten to know Joe, simply an awesome individual. He, along with Gary Ford Nine Treza and Steve Playba, run a world-class tournament. Now, Jeff, we have, I don't think we've interviewed Steve Playba. We have interviewed Gary Trezza. Yeah. Uh, as Joe mentioned in the podcast, Saturday evening raffle that Joe Stocks organizes and runs is spectacular. Last year's raffle featured two Ken Smith ASL box cover art prints. Nice. One nice. of which I was fortunate enough to win. Additionally, Joe's dioramas are spectacular. We have pictures of those up on that episode. You all can check out. He says, I had the good fortune of being able to bring home two of these pieces of art, including last year's diorama featuring Patton and his dog. Yeah, I think I did put that one up on that. I added it later to that show. So if you go back to that post, hopefully I'll be able to attend many more of these Albany tournaments as they are always a great time and sport a great field of competitors. Nice. Yeah, that's one that's on our list. As soon as we get the two half squads up, panel van all decked out we're waiting for the art to be done on the side and the um the disco light and lava lamps to go in yes right still not how the sure how the sleeping arrangement's going to work but. <laughs> uh we'd like to thank uh jose garcia for becoming a patreon donor and nelson asada for his very generous support. Yeah, you can support the show by going to Patreon and looking up the two half squads. And you can become a regular donor, a dollar, two dollars a month helps support the show. Our efforts keeps us knee deep in product, which is always good. And uh, we appreciate that very much. It's a great way of saying I love you without getting all, you know, inappropriate. Yeah, or mushy, right? Yeah. John Payne says so good to see Charlie Kibler. We owe him a lot. Thanks for the great interview. If you get Greenwood, it would be like getting the Pope. Would love to see that happen. All right, Don Greenwood balls in your court again. He did turn us down maybe eight years ago, but it's been a while. Yeah. But again, when you have Rex Martin possibly coming on. Now, I I, actually, I called the Pope. I called the Vatican. I got through to the Pope. I spoke to the Holy Father. And he also is waiting to talk to Don Greenwood. This guy, I don't know who he's talking to, but he's busy. He's busy. So we might have to see him after the Pope. Got one here from JJ Uswak, who says Steve Swan was a fantastic interview. And he's referring to episode 285, Sure and Steady, Stephen Swan. I learned a great deal from this one. Keep up the great work, guys. He goes on to say, it was awesome learning about the background of solitaire ASL in the Kibler interview. It would be great if MMP were to republish it. 
And uh, actually, you know, if you if you look, if you go to the MMP website, I, I can't remember. You, you sent me the link, Dave. I don't know how you would navigate to this from the, on the MMP site to get to it, but there is a solitaire ASL set of set of rules for uh, that you can add to Valor the Guards stuff, so that you can play that solitaire, which looks very interesting. And it's only uh, let's see how long, how many pages? It's only twelve pages of rules. But the, the writing is like this bit, it's tiny. But it's there. It is. So give it a go. Yeah, that link is somewhere. They just have like a you know links and like corrections kind of place. Yeah. Player aids or something. Uh, Dave, uh, Ruben James says it is kind of cool to hear there's a small active community of people still playing the original squad leader. I wonder if anyone is doing new scenarios for that. I honestly don't know how many scenarios were ever published for squad leader. Also, what's up with the Paso Club? Paso Club's on hiatus. I, I just, I got into so much D&D during COVID and then Vassal. And then kind of like, am booked. <laughs> I am just booked. You're booked. So I don't know. I'll, I'm sure I'll start it up, up again. But we did hear from two listeners who wanted to get together to learn to play. So I'm going to be contacting them soon. <clears throat> I know we mentioned that last show, but I will do it soon. So I did some research on the World Wide Web. What's and that? It's like you can. You fired up CompuServe? And yeah. And like searched everywhere. It took weeks. But I found the official scenarios for Squad Leader on i should credit the site shouldn't i um uh tacticalwargamer.com board games yeah squad leader scenarios thank you tactical wargamer uh he notes that squad leader had one through 12 cross of iron number 13 to 20 crescendo of doom 21 to 32 gi animal victory 32 to 47 and these were like when you when I first started Advanced Squad Leader, you know, I would look at these scenarios from the early game and I'd be like, why aren't they just redoing these? Why aren't they doing these? And I thought this would be so important to do. Well, eventually, I think it was, was it Steve Swan? Or I'll have to correct myself down here on the YouTube video. Um, but they did the Rivers to the Reich and all those things. So they did release a ton of those scenarios. Avalon Hill then released a series called 100. I remember stumbling across these somewhere back when you couldn't get new advanced squad leader stuff and a few and far between and being kind of like, oh, what are these, you know? Uh, those were for Cross of Iron in 1979. The scenarios were designed by Courtney Allen. And Avalon Hill released series 200, which had 10 new scenarios for Crescendo of Doom. So the Rogue series scenarios, 200, so-called because they used boards 9, 10, and 11. They were not official boards at the time. And they were released with the scenarios, are 211 to 243, and utilized rules up to and including Crescendo of Doom. Some of the scenarios caused consternation and the multiple copies of several boards were necessary. Oh, if one wanted to play scenario R2220. Oh, didn't know that. And the foreshadowing of later campaign games. It was a big scenario. And um, there was finally a series 300 with additional scenarios for GI Anvil Victory. Over the years, Avalon Hill released some scenarios from the General Magazine, more in there. And then the Worldwide War Gamer also released scenarios 81 to 90. And another pack with scenarios numbered 91 to 100 in 1982. There you go. How about that? Should I have more to say than how about that? Nope. So Mike Lemke today, remember he asked, are people still playing squad leader? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've got quite a long letter here from Carl. Carl says, my favorite podcasts are when you guys interview people like Steve Swan, Chaz, and any other person connected with MMP. I become friends with Steve on the Game Squad site. I purchased all American Shaley Hill scenario counter scenarios and counters and maps on eBay. And guess what? There was an armored train counter included, along with an AA gun, AA gun wagon 
and freight wagon for troops for the scenario called Gavin's Train. So I immediately remembered your interview of Steve Swan and the armored rules that he was alluding to on your broadcast. He has some armored train scenarios that will re be released in LFT issue 15. Uh, he goes on to say, I got into squad leader in 1977. You were like, you were just a babe. A wee lad. A wee lad. In 1977, when I happened to find a purple-covered squad leader game at the Manhattan Barnes & Noble sales annex for $7.99, the bottom box was not the plain type that was included with its release at Origins. It was the colorful orange design. It looked kind of weird, orange bottom box with purple top box. Maybe that's why they updated the top to orange to match the bottom. Oh. And yes, I wish, I wish I'd bought another purple box and kept it sealed. It'd be a lot of money there. I would have given it to John Hill had I known him when I was when he was alive. I worked at SPI in 1980 in the mailroom. Wow. I did some play testing on games like Alamo and Asgard. I even met John Dunnigan before he was canned in favor of Chris Wagner. These are names I've heard, but I don't really know these guys. I'm yeah, sure. not from SPI. I don't think yeah. Uh, at the time, we got 50% off on all SPI games as employees then. So when I asked for a pay raise, I got laid off. Mm -hmm. Best thing that ever happened to me. I became a teacher of English and then a guidance counselor and finally an assistant principal and retired in 2010. I work now as a substitute teacher. Go teachers. Yes, very uh, honorable profession there, Carl. I bet you're good at it too. I mean, the war game stuff is cool too, but yeah, yeah. Teaching is oh, the thing. Yeah, thanks for your letter. Keep us uh, keep us up to date on what you're up to. And Chris Anderson says, "Hey, I started listening to your podcast. It's really great. My friend and I are longtime war gamers. Haven't delved into ASL yet, although we do have a lot of ASL games starter packs. We both live in the Chicago suburbs of Frequent Games Plus. Oh, and so these are the guys that I'm going to get in touch with, and we're going to have them over." I think Mike Rizzi said he'd be glad to help to teach him. Oh, okay, great. Got a letter here from Caslow Calgary. I'm guessing that's not his real name. No, that's the um, Canadian Canada, ASL. Canada ASL. Yeah. Who <clears throat> writes on, on our YouTube channel, he writes uh, regarding episode, uh, the episode we just did. Which 292. 292. He writes and he says, and 292 was about retro. We covered the ASL alternate rules called retro. He writes and he says, I'm sorry, guys, but this was a full 20 minute waste of time. What's next? Bringing out the Airfix 176th plastic soldiers and making shooting and explosion noises and sweeping the board on who you've decided who's been killed. This would have been better put on your spine and sprocket podcast. So, but then he did also express some appreciation for other stuff we do, but he did not like this episode. I can understand that. And our, you know, when I, I responded there, uh, to fully understand when we did it, right, Jeff, I, I was like a listener, John proposed it. And I, I think it's a wide show with room for lots of things. And some people don't like letters. Few people don't like Fox Art Review. And I can understand why it would not help you to hear about retro. And we haven't been doing a lot of starter kit either. So that's something that though, I think is more acceptable to the community. So <laughs> we yeah. appreciated your follow-up letter that kind of said, hey, don't get me wrong. I'm just saying, no, listeners, you're, we appreciate all kinds of feedback. Yeah, we like to know, gonna, we need to know, so. And it doesn't mean we won't ever do a retro again in the future. But, you know, just kind of looking at the whole wide world of ASO related. Yeah. And things. yeah. So sometimes we get a little fringe uh, and it's interesting to some people, but it may not be for everybody. Yeah. But you have a choice. You are not required to listen to every episode all the way through. 
you can turn sure, it off. Feel free to fast forward. We do put the times in there for that reason yeah, on right. the web page because yeah. we some people don't like the banner. So I we put in when each segment would begin, but yeah. we do appreciate it and we do respect it fully. So, yes. um, but also. Uh, John Payne then countered, it's not a waste of time. Thanks for doing it. You made it clear that retro might suit some people, but you weren't advocating it. Someone might be glad to know that. You know, I come from the outline Chai Town area, and people often tell me my sense of humor is too dry and straight-laced. I've always wondered what they meant, but then I heard you guys say you were the only podcast dedicated to ASL. That's what I was referring to earlier. Yeah. So I think we're saying podcast is audio only. That's true. And not you. There was one other, I think, that did one episode or two. So, but yes, not um, yeah. yeah. Several of the other gaming podcasts have touched in. I've done just touched in on ASL a little bit, but they're not dedicated a hundred percent. Finally, got a, lot, a letter here from John Bulla, who says, as the newbie who twisted Dave and Jeff's arms into reporting on retro by sending them the rule book. <laughs> I'd first like to say thanks for including a substantial segment on it. And I certainly understand that to many people, retro may seem like a distortion of the spirit of ASL. And it certainly does not claim to be ASL, although it most commonly uses ASL components to play with it. But for me, and as testified by many others on Board Game Geek, ConSim World and other forums, it provides a streamlined way to use the ASL stuff I've accumulated over the past two years and will continue to accumulate. Thanks in large part to Jeff and Dave's enthusiastic discussions about this very cool game. I will keep studying my ASL and starter kit rule books, but I'm also happy to have a way to play that I can understand that allows me to complete a scenario in an hour or two. If just one other two half squad listener out there who owns a pile of ASL rule books, scenarios and maps but has no idea how to put them to regular use, turned in, uh, tuned in and considers retro as a way of get playing, why wouldn't that be worth it? Thank you, gentlemen, for helping to build up this fascinating hobby. So, wow. so there we go, three views on it. Yeah. All, all legitimate and all appreciated. Yeah. Because otherwise the show would be really boring. No, it's still boring. <laughs> Thanks everybody for writing your, for sending your letters. We yep. love hearing from you. Keep we do indeed. Work. Keep up the good work. Here we go. I'm, I'm having. It's time for rules. You need the rules to play the game and put your opponents to shame. They might seem hard, but that's okay. We're gonna learn them anyway. What time it was, is it, Dave? It's time for rules. Which rule will it be? It's a scary. It's a scary rule, Jeff. It's very frightening. Is this uh, is this edition of rules brought to us by anybody? By Bounding Fire Productions and our Patreon supporters. Wait, I think they only get one ad per show. Oh, we have to charge them double. <laughs> All right. It's wounds. Wounds. Oh. Okay. Not wounds. Okay. Well, well, what did I say? I thought it was wombs. Oh, wombs. wombs. No. Although, maybe we could expand our content a little and cover wombs in the next show. Um, there is grisly death rules in a game called uh, by Easy Eights. I don't think people are playing it anymore. World War II skirmish miniatures game. And I, it, that rule struck me as I didn't like it. Grizzly death. And when people you roll low enough to get the kill and then causes a morale check against the people around. And I'm just thinking of that because this game I'm going to do this weekend and April 9th is going to be the Song of Blades and Heroes, which also has a grizzly rule death uh, rule in it where you do morale checks. So I, I don't know. It seems to me 
that's a little too much. But anyway, in ASL, there's no such thing as grizzly death. Oh, good. And aren't you glad? I actually, I am. Yeah. Yes, but there are wounds, sadly, and they occur. Uh, Seventeen point one, Jeff. Are you ready? I'm ready. Then we'll begin. Wounds are accounted for only when they occur to a single man counter, thereby diminishing their abilities of the single man counter, but still leaving that guy in play. A wound occurs as a result of what, Jeff? Uh, I'm trying to think of something funny. No, this is about wounds. There should be no humor. Oh, okay. Well, it's by uh, failing a morale check. Um, well, failing by, a... by what number? The leader oh. has to roll a, it's a really bad roll. 12. No. Yes. A 12. Boxcars, casualty reduction. Yeah, that's right. Boxcars, or as I like to say, sugar tanks. I'm not going to call it boxcars anymore. I'm tired of boxcars. A spokesman for, for boxcars said we can't use that anymore. So we're going to call them sugar tanks. So if you roll sugar tanks. The leader can get wounded. Wounded leader. And also by a sniper attack. Yes. Now, in addition, an unwounded hero is considered wounded instead of broken whenever it fails a morale check at all so when you initially said failing a morale check that is true for the for hero. hero yeah okay right yeah yeah as soon as he breaks because he doesn't have a broken side the heroic leaders marked with the wound counter and a wounded hero is merely flipped over to its 138 side merely merely okay and severity Whenever a single man counter is wounded, another die roll, DR small, one die, must be immediately made to determine the severity of the wound. The wound is considered mortal and is treated as a KIA instead if the die you roll comes up with what numbers? Six. You know, wound check. Five, Five or six yeah. means they're KIA'd instead. So Five. on a die roll, of one to four, the wound is a minor wound. You have to bring in the Red Cross wagon counter onto the board. Yeah. It has a double move. Did I have you for a minute there? You did. I was thinking, oh yeah, it's kind of like MASH. That, that ambulance, is. that little ambulance comes on. You know, Dave Timonen didn't know that MASH had lyrics, the song, theme song. Yeah. And it's sad lyrics, so I don't want to talk about that either. But anyway, he was shocked when he heard it. He's like, what? And then the lyrics are that sad? Yeah. So on a die roll of one to four, the wound is minor. Now, the wounded man who is wounded again adds a plus one to his severity, wound severity die roll. So instead of a five or six, a four, five or six, then he's out. And then there's no additional penalty for being wounded more than once. Yeah. Which surprises me, because when the game's this complicated, why not just add something else you have to remember. We could make our own house rules if we want to make things more complicated. I'm sure we could figure out how to do it. To be honest, though, it used to bug me. I'd be like, wait, he's wounded. And he just got wounded again. And he made his role. And he stays the same. Yeah. Like over and over. Yeah. So a wounded man is reduced in movement factor. Do you know how many movement factors he has instead of uh, uh, six instead of six? Four. Uh, no, it's halved. Yes. To three. Correct. Yeah. Now, would that count even if he's berserk? Uh, I don't know. So a berserk guy wounded. Normally, a berserk leader can gain it to eight movement factors. Yeah. All, I think all units to eight. Can suddenly he run eight? Well, no. Does he own, does it get halved for him as well? Nope, but he just stays at three because he's he's wounded. Okay. okay. He just screams a lot louder as he's running. Yeah. yeah. 
at the enemy. Uh, would that apply even routing? Routing, normally they get six, right? But he's wounded. Can he only go three when he's routing? I'm going to guess. I don't know why I don't know this. I'm going to guess yes, though. Yes is correct. He's still restricted to three. If he drinks a healing potion, does his movement go back to normal? Yes. He Actually, he grows a third leg. That's, no, no, that's the third leg potion. Uh, How about if he's dressed as a clown and fleeing from an angry, angry mob during the great clown scare of 2016? Would he be able to run faster then? Yes. Yes. I'm going to say yes. Absolutely. Yeah, listeners, see episode 167. Get a load of this clown. <laughs> you came up with that title. Oh, I was laughing so hard. <laughs> oh, this show used to be funny. <laughs> Get a load of this clown. Now, how about when he's being carried on any form of conveyance, like a Jeep or a truck? Does his movement stay at three movement factors? No. He's on the cheaper truck. Yes. He just yes. hopes he, he doesn't fall off. Yes. Uh, in which case, he's considered to have four movement factors. Oh, oh, that's because you got to like load him. Uh, he has to move on and off, and it would screw up the rules if he was only had the three for that part of it. Okay. And when, when he's on it, he, he moves at the speed yeah. of the vehicle. What is his individual portage capacity? We talked about this at breakfast today. A I think wounded I leader. Oh, no, you were there. A wounded leader portage. His individual. Normally, he can carry one uh, portage point. I'm gonna. Well, it's got to be none then. Why wouldn't he? He can't. He can't. It drops to zero. Oh, we didn't really talk about that. We talked about when they double time. You're, different you're messing with my head, Dave. I, I am. I am. I, I screwed that up. You're At breakfast. Me. Okay. It's gaslighting me. <laughs> Listeners, at breakfast, we talked about when you double time, your individual portage capacity goes down by one. Right. Not your movement. And I kind of got in my head it was movement. And then... That chart tells you your movement factors for going with a CX unit. And then it's different for a CX leader than I thought it should have been. I didn't realize a CX leader loses an IPC also. So he's not helping you carry the weapon. And I can't believe I my brain was screwed up on that for so many, many, many years. Do you tragic. think you'll recover? It's tragic. It's, I Do you don't, think you'll, you'll remember that from now on, though? Right. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, at least there's that. There's there's that. But boy, every day um, in every way, you're getting better and better. I am. Now, can, can a wounded leader double time? No, that's correct. A single man counter who becomes wounded example by defensive first fire after already expending greater than or equal to three movement factors so he normally has uh, four and then he's wounded or he has six he's wounded after moving four he's just pinned because it's over three okay a wounded man who's not portaging a support weapon can be carried by any good order multi-man counter at a cost of how many portage points? How many portage points would a wood chuck chuck a wood chuck chuck wood? How could I not know this? Easy, because when have you ever carried a wounded leader on a game? I have I think, never. I think I did once, and it's some like Akapali where they had to get off the board. Yeah, and they had Akios to sledges to pull people, but also like my guys had to pick up the leader, try to run him off faster. That, that really is funny. Um, so how many? Five? Five is the correct answer. Ding, 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 ding. Oh, like a heavy machine gun. Oh, uh, yeah, a leader. A Russian. Much as a heavy machine gun. The Russian heavy, yeah. 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 Which I always thought, that thing's on wheels. Why is that so slow? <laughs> and that's kind of why it's slow. They're square you gotta, wheels. You got to... 
<laughs> no, that's the Russian army. Kachunk. That's the Russian army in Ukraine. Yeah. No, they're, we not Russian. they're not Russian that much. They're pulling that thing. And if and then you're European. Yeah. Yeah. Um Oh, does a wounded leaders two movement factor bonus for accompaniment throughout the movement phase still apply when he's being carried? Wow. What do you think? Who comes up with this stuff? I I know. I'm like, oh, I have the, we still have the leader with us. Do we still get the two extra movement points? And the answer I thought is surprisingly. I'm gonna say yes. I think that's surprising. Yeah, he's encouraging them. He's got that. Yeah, what's he doing? Does he have one of these little sticks we talked about earlier in the show? Maybe the stick. And maybe he's like gotta... whacking the people yeah. as they're running, Giddy whacking them in the butt. Yeah. <laughs> maybe or he's playing. Maybe he's playing the bugle. He's that bugle leader. But... The bagpipes. He inspires the guys. Run, run faster. I thought we said no joking on this segment. Okay. Because it's about wounds. Yeah, you're right. Sorry. Does a does a wounded oh we did yes, he gets his movement factor bonus. Does the blood from his wounds stain the clothes of the people who are carrying him? <laughs> Glad you're entertaining yourself. Yeah, try to write in a couple of little yeah. things to keep it entertaining. And, and that, that one, it's got to go right in the laundry as soon as he gets back. Yeah, with with that uh, shoot, OxyClean. I'm gonna do an ad for OxyClean. Yeah, it. We got some from our friend John Hines when they moved. He moved away. His wife moved away. They gave us their OxyClean and stuff. I tried that on some stains. It is better than the other product we used. Really? It's in a green bottle, the other one. Yeah, I was amazed. Like I get little oil stains on these <laughs> when I'm eating like a pig and then I have to <laughs> use the stain. OxyClean got out any kind of oil stain, you know, like bacon grease or something. No kidding, okay. In one shot and that other stuff, took two washings well <laughs> i think a little of everything on this show oxyclean owes us money yeah Does, i'll tell you about my dental floss uh, next segment do you, do you want me to cut that out no does a wounded man have his morale level increased by one no yeah no why did i say yes yeah. I, oh, what's rule 17.3? Oh, wait. Hold on. 17. Are you entertaining the people? A wounded man has his morale level and leadership modifier reduced by one. Reduced by one. Oh, you've got rule 17.3? Yeah. Oh, that was fast. How'd you do that? I don't have the screen up. I've got my uh, elect official electronic rule book PDF from MMP. And I pulled it up here on the screen, got to 17.3 very quickly, faster than you could open your little uh, handy book there. And Show it was, a wounded man has his morale level, unless he's berserk, and leadership modifier reduced by one. So a leadership modifier of zero becomes a plus one, and a plus one becomes a plus two. However, okay. he is otherwise unimpaired. Aha. He, so may fire, he may fire a support weapon or use a radio normally. Wait, you're getting way ahead. You're getting way ahead of my quiz. Those are my quiz show questions. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. Close your rules. Closing the book. So however, he is otherwise unimpaired. He may fire creates a poor weapon or use a radio normally and does not require other units in his hex to pass a leader loss morale check or task check due to the wound. If he gets shot in the tongue, can then, he use the radio normally? And no, there's a negative one on the die roll. Yeah. Or plus one. 
I'd like to call in some artillery <laughs> support. Yeah. Ow. It hurts just thinking about it. Can a single man counter ever lose more than one morale level and one leadership viral modifier due to wounding? Um, no, we just said that, didn't we? We Yeah, we said there would be no further yeah. effects. Yeah. And that is wounds. Okay. We don't like to see them, but it happens. It's part of real life. You know, I don't know. I, maybe I need to play more, but I don't call it wounds. I call it boo-boos. Does your leader have a boo-boo? Yes. Hey, boo-boo. Yeah. Gonna get us a picnic basket? A boo-boo. <laughs> oh, it was funny. Right, I told you about my mom's band-aids. Yes. yes. She had all those old band-aids, and I really old, like the paper falls off when you take it out of the container. And I put them on my finger, and then when I go across my nose like this kind of rub right under my nose we were at breakfast like telling jeff and them like this thing is so thick it sticks on your nostril <laughs> so don't use the old band-aids no and what did you say you said something like uh i forget but you said <laughs> you said something well do you know you can go to the store and like get they do have new band-aids at the store the problem with the new band-aids is you can't get them unwrapped. Oh, they're tough. They're strong. You, you, you can't get into them. It's you have to cut them off with a knife, and then knife. you end up with another boo-boo. Yeah. <laughs> it's terrible. It's designed that way to keep us wounding ourselves. Maybe that's it. Yeah, you're constantly going for more band-aids. How'd you hurt yourself? Cutting open the band-aids. <laughs> Just... It's like I get a heartburn trying to get into my antacid bottle. Ah, it's too challenging. Oh my goodness. I'll be well, okay. I don't know if this is a 50, 55 minute show or not. You want, should we look at what's in the box? Uh, yeah, let's take a quick look. I think we've got time for that. I think, yeah, I think they will just yeah. round it out. Cool. <laughs> I'm not going to get mine. You have 12. What's in the box? Now, we don't have a, a, a copyright or a trademark on on that title, no. do we? It's in the box? No, you Didn't said we? this. You said, Did I? Yeah. You're kidding. We talked about this already? Yes, you're going to mention that other people have used the term. And then I say, a couple of them have actually referenced us. Oh, okay. All right. Yes, on the YouTube, like they say. And thanks to Dave and Jeff, the half squads. The YouTube, I like the way you call it. The YouTube. As long as you're finding faults in me, I'm going to look for faults in you. You call it the YouTube. Okay. Anyway, let's not be petty. You start. Well, there's a thing called a, uh, let me now, here, pick on me. Winner, yes, yeah, I wasn't going to come up with the words winner offensive. I was going to call it a winter wonderland pack. <laughs> yeah, so I guess. And then, and then I, I was thinking, did we, do I already have this and did we do this pack? I don't think I, we did. I, I would have recognized this, uh, the cover art, which is, yes. kind of, even though it's not really art, I, I think these I, are. I think uh, that one. Oh, we, we are looking at a winter offensive bonus pack number oh. 12. Yes, for those then, that have you that are keeping score. But I think that's like a painting more. Isn't that a painting, not a photograph? You know, with uh, the way graphic arts is done these days, it, it is really hard to tell. And so if it's a painting, it's really good. I, yeah, we, I, I may have us revisit that for box art review. Yeah. And I don't know how, I don't really see anything on it as to where it is. We could call, uh, I'll call Perry tonight. <laughs> I'm usually up around 3 a.m., you know, Go to the bathroom, get something to eat, and I call Perry, see what he's doing. So I'll ask him about it. Uh, anyway, not a very big thing. How much does this go for, Dave? It's, it's just three scenarios. It's a support the profits. Oh, well, Jeff. Oh, spontaneous. Well, that means it's time for Oxart Review. Sorry, just kidding. Um, oh, you're oh, you're kidding. Okay. 
uh, the proceeds tithing. go to the Wounded Warrior Project. Does it say that on the back? Yeah. Um, so they charge a little more than you might think. <clears throat> yeah. Benefit the 25. World War II Foundation. Yeah, 20 they bucks. Benefit the World War II Foundation, which oh, is yeah. wwiifoundation.org. So, which is nice. That's a good cause. So there's three scenarios here and a board. And it's always good to get more boards. So this is board 14. And it's comes with an A and a B side. Oh, that's like the Gary Thornberry boards. There, I came yeah. up with the name. Uh-huh, the special ones, A and B. So they're designed to fit a diff two different directions. That's why the numbering system is different on each side. Right. Slightly. So, and for those people that are not watching, this is just, it's a nice board with a nice uh, even layout of some, some grain. Lots and lots of grain. Lots and lots of grain, some crisscross uh, of woods. Uh, right through the middle, that's unique. It's like a yeah. whole row X shape of woods. Yeah. Just a thin, thin line that is unique with a stream running through it that looks like uh, opening onto a pond. Yeah, a There's giant a water of, obstacle alongside a ele elevated road. Elevated road up or, sun side. or sunken, probably elevated, right? With a pond by it. A graveyard. Yeah. Is there a girl's school? There is a graveyard right next to the church. No girl's school? No. Tennis courts? Not that I can see. So there's some wood buildings, stone buildings, hedges, wedges. Mostly grain or kunai if you're doing the Pacific. Yeah. And then there are three scenarios that come with it. These I are do done it. by Ken Dunn. Ah, we haven't interviewed Ken Dunn either yet. Two by Ken Dunn and one by our, our friend Chaz Argent. Mm-hmm. And do you want to go over these scenarios in our next show? I don't think so. Okay. Because they didn't send it to us as a free product to be a sponsor. Okay. So your punishment is no. We're not. Can you quickly, uh, what, what year, what year, what, what forces? Okay. So we've got uh, Dompere Destruction, which is ASL scenario W036. This takes place in France in September 1944. Okay. Wait, 44? Yes. Oh, okay. Germans, French? Uh, Germans and French, yes. Okay. Are the... The free French. Ah, okay. I have counters for those from Broken Ground Design. So uh, during the drive to cross the Moselle River by Patton's Third Army, the Americans had ignored their right flank due to perceived weakness of the German forces stationed there. But with the Sixth Army Group advancing north from their landings in southern France and linking up for a continuous Allied line from the North Sea to the Mediterranean, it was time to reorganize. And there's a nice collection. We, we won't go through this too much because this is the first I've seen of it. So Yeah, right. No, no, no. Just go to uh, what's if you like the other one. If you like a smattering of uh, of tanks and lots of infantry, there it is on this variant. Yeah. I'll take place on board 14A and 11B. So you'll have to have 11B to play that okay. one. Okay, yeah, and short, it's, short it's, number of turns. And then what's the other one here? The other one is uh, WO37, The Vital Hours, takes place uh, west of Arnhem in the Netherlands on September 17th of 1944. This one entirely takes place on 14A, so you don't have to have any other boards to go along with this one. Again, a uh, well, mostly infantry, but there's a few vehicles in there, British against the Germans on this one. Okay, is a paratroop unit there? What's the British uh, Army Group unit? Uh, third Parachute Battalion. Up oh, there we go. Yep. Okay. And Alice in Wonderland for all the the good work that she does, and Bend Over, of course. Always of course. good. <laughs> we got a great crew working for us here. Wasn't Humongous a uh, character in? Oh my gosh, the Road Warrior films. Oh, could be. Yeah. I think so. Thanks for listening and remember I'm to roll listening. low and rally well.
but not, but not when, you're when you're playing, playing us. us. Bye-bye. Everybody.